Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Trusting in the risen Christ, let us confess our sin and the misuse of God's creation. God Almighty, we are sorry for the times when we have used your gifts carelessly and acted ungratefully. In your mercy, forgive us and help us. We enjoy the fruits of the harvest, but sometimes forget that you have given them to us. In your mercy, forgive us and help us. We belong to a people who are full and satisfied, but ignore the cry of the hungry. In your mercy, forgive us and help us. We are thoughtless and do not care enough for the world you have made. In your mercy, forgive us and help us. We store up goods for ourselves alone as if there were no God and no heaven. In your mercy, forgive us and help us. Dear friends, hear the good news. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. In the name of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. May Almighty God strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen.
Let us pray. O Lord Christ, good shepherd of the sheep, you seek the lost and guide us into your fold. Feed us and we shall be satisfied. Heal us and we shall be whole. Make us one with you, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The first lesson is from Acts 4, beginning at the first verse. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came to them, much annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming that in Jesus there is the resurrection of the dead. So they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the word believed, and they numbered about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. When they had made the prisoners stand in their midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are questioned today because of a good deed done to someone who was sick, and are asked how this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. It has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. Word of God, word of life, thanks be to God. Make me a servant, humble and meek. Lord, let me lift up those who are weak. servant, humble and meek, 
let me lift up those who are weak and may the prayer of my heart always be make me a servant make me a servant make me a servant today This morning's gospel is from the 10th chapter of John, beginning at the 11th verse. This is the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Thou spirit of 
We're spending some time in this Easter season thinking about the relationship between beliefs and practices. And so last week we heard a story from the book of Acts about Peter and John healing a man outside the temple and giving a speech about how Jesus has been raised from the dead. So a belief in Easter leads us to practice witness. And this week we're going to hear more of that story as we hear about the fallout. So what happens to Peter and John after they heal this man? Well, Luke tells us they are arrested by the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees. And this arrest isn't an orderly or professional affair. In the Greek, Luke tells us that Peter and John are epistemi. The emphasis here is on the speed and the physicality of their arrest. If you look up Ephistomai and Thayer's, which is an old uh, Civil War era Greek dictionary, it's translated as stood upon. Peter and John are overpowered, assaulted, and thrown into prison. It's a pretty dramatic scene, and you would imagine that these religious leaders would have had some very strong reasons for reacting so violently, right? Maybe they feared for their lives, or they thought Peter and John were a threat to public safety. Well, no. Luke tells us that they were, quote, annoyed. So before we get into Peter's famous speech about cornerstones kept and rejected, it's worth stopping here for a moment to reflect on the leader's annoyance. Because so often when we read scripture, we expect to find these dramatic binaries. There's life and death, darkness and light, good and evil, saints and sinners. And we live our lives trying to get on the right side of that line. Trying to perform noteworthy acts of charity and avoid easily recognizable acts of malice. And if you're not sure what to do in a given situation, well, just don't do anything. Just keep your head down and try to stay out of trouble. But that isn't how Luke views the world at all. For Luke, the thing that prevents people from entering the kingdom of God isn't their tendency to make bad choices when they're faced with difficult decisions. It's their indifference. It's not a coincidence that in both his gospel and in Acts, the people that Luke has the harshest words for aren't the people who commit sins. They're not the people who try to get involved in the world, but keep messing it up and falling short. No, the people that Luke is really harsh with are the people who, at the end of the day, really just don't care. To put it in this story's terms, the people that Luke tells us 
are a threat to the good news, aren't the ones who hear Peter preaching about the resurrection and start theological arguments about whether the resurrection of the dead is theoretically possible? No, the people Luke is concerned with are the ones who hear Peter preaching the good news of the resurrection and call 311 to put in a noise complaint. So part of the point that Luke is making here is that even though Peter and John and all of us live in the light of the resurrection, we still live in the shadow of the cross. Jesus has been raised from the dead and the powers of death have ultimately been defeated. But in the meantime, the world goes on looking awfully similar. In fact, it shouldn't be lost on us that when we hear this story from Acts, it sounds a lot like the story of the trial that Jesus underwent. The process is orderly and someone ends up dead, but it is never anyone's responsibility. The soldiers can blame Pilate. Pilate can blame the religious leaders. The religious leaders can blame Judas. And at some point, people just stop caring. The road to Jerusalem might be lined with crosses, but all people want to talk about are the potholes. And no one benefits from that more than these religious leaders who create a world, a system, in which they never have to be judged or held accountable or challenged in any meaningful way. But the irony of the story is that it's by shutting themselves off from human judgment that they open themselves up to divine judgment, which is exactly what happens in Peter's speech. Peter's speech reveals that this is not a contest of Jews versus Christians. That doesn't make any sense. It's not a contest of people who think resurrection is theoretically possible and people who think it isn't theoretically possible. It's a meeting of people who believe that God can transform the world against people who believe the world they inhabit is of their own making. Peter begins the speech by announcing the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, it has become the cornerstone. This is a callback to Psalm 118, but Peter doesn't just quote the Psalm verbatim. He changes it in this super interesting way, which only becomes evident when you look at the Greek. You would think the word rejected would be a podkimo. That's the word you use when you pick up an object and you look at it closely and decide this isn't the object that you want. That's not what Peter says. Peter says the religious leader is exithenu. The literal translation of that is considered it not. You didn't even look at it. It's as if you just threw it out with the packaging. The problem isn't that the religious leaders set all the evidence before them and after careful deliberation make the wrong choice. The problem is they're not even paying attention. And that ends up being their undoing, Peter says. Because the stone that you looked was actually where God was creating a new reality. The religious and political leaders crucified Jesus, rejected him, threw him on a scrap heap outside the city. And that is precisely where the kingdom of God begins to manifest itself. By pushing God away, they bring God closer. And by making Jesus weak, they reveal God's power. And the same thing happens in this story from the book of Acts. Peter and John are just two guys when they get assaulted and thrown into prison. 
But when they emerge from prison the next day, well, suddenly they have 5,000 more people with them. Whenever anyone tries to drive away or intimidate or throw away the people of God, they only come back stronger. And the power of God only becomes more and more evident. So when we started getting into Acts a few weeks ago, I said that one of the ways you could approach these stories was by asking what the resurrection changes. Don't just read them as sort of one story after the next, but whenever you get one, ask what is possible in this story because of Easter that wasn't possible before. And today's reading from Acts gives us one subtle but surprisingly powerful answer to that question, which is that Easter makes it possible to care. It enables us to see one another the way God sees us. It prevents us from comforting ourselves to death. And it allows us to see there's no one who's disposable and without whom the kingdom of God can flourish. And that might not seem like all that much, but it's the foundation of our life together. After all, St. Luke tells us the danger to our own salvation is not that we will try to create a more just world and fall short of our ideals. It is not that we will follow Jesus and discern our callings and then make the wrong choice. No, Luke tells us that our souls are imperiled when we see injustice around us. The stomachs emptied, the eyes blinded, the bodies stood upon, and merely become annoyed because it is among those we find it easier not to regard, those whom we consider not, that the kingdom of God emerges in our midst. After all, the stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I am. 
around me. I was blinded and you gave me sight. You put a song of praise in me. Oh, I was broken and you healed me. I was dying and you gave me life. You are my identity. invite you to unmute yourself as we join the church around the world, confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, in the Father, Father Almighty, Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the Spirit, the resurrection of the Amen. Alive in the risen Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, we bring our prayers before God who promises to hear us and answer in steadfast love. Loving shepherd, you know your own and your own know you. Your voice calls us to your loving embrace. Strengthen your church throughout the world that we might bear witness to your expansive love. Hear us, O God. Gracious shepherd, you are generous with the gifts of goodness and mercy. Restore your creation to wholeness so that cities and towns, countrysides and wilderness may abound with life. Hear us, O God. Hope-giving shepherd, the nations and peoples are your heritage. Place into the hearts of all leaders and rulers the passion to serve. Crucify any desire to overpower others and give leaders joy in lifting up the lowly. We pray especially this week for the people of Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Georgia. Hear us, O God. 
Abiding shepherd, your love flows as we reach out to those around us. Move us with your spirit so that we may lay down our lives for those in need. Help us love one another in truth and action. If you have any other petitions, I invite you to offer those at this time. Bruce. Don. Marianne. Jim. Mama. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. O oh, light, divine and holy trinity, we who are born of the earth glorify you always together with our heavenly hosts. At the rising of this morning light, shine forth upon our souls your intelligible light. Hear us, O oh God. With thanksgiving, we remember those who have died. Keep us in communion with all the saints until we at last find our rest in you. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We offer these prayers in the name of the one who lays down his life, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Peace to you all. Peace. Peace, everyone. Peace of God with you. Wow. Let us pray. Almighty God, you meet us as a stranger and welcome us as friends. Receive our lives and the gifts we offer. Abide with us and send us in service to a suffering world for the sake of your beloved child, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And may the Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up, Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We give you thanks, Father, through Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, whom you sent in this end of the ages to save and redeem us and to proclaim to us your will. He is your word inseparable from you, through whom you created all things and in whom you take delight. He is your word sent from heaven to a virgin's womb. He there took on our nature and our lot and was shown forth as your son, born of the Holy Spirit and of the Virgin Mary. He, our Lord Jesus, fulfilled all your will and won for you a holy people. He stretched out his hands in suffering in order to free from suffering those who trust you. He is the one who handed over to a death he freely accepted in order to destroy death, to break the bonds of the evil one, to crush hell underfoot, to give light to the righteous, and to establish his covenant, and to show forth the resurrection. Taking bread and giving thanks to you, said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering then his death and resurrection, we take this bread and cup, giving you thanks that you have made us worthy to stand before you and serve you as your priestly people. Send your spirit upon these gifts of your church. Gather into one all who share this bread and wine. Fill us with your Holy Spirit to establish our faith and truth, 
so that we may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ, through whom all glory and honor are yours, Almighty Father, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. And gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, Our Father who are in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom Amen. Taste and see, the Lord is good. Let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks that while we were still far off, you sent us your Son and brought us home. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life, and we who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Holy Spirit lights give light to your world. Amen. Amen. Amen.
time we open things up for any announcements joys and concerns did anyone have anything they want to share with the congregation okay uh i will go through some stuff i have some positive things to talk about today i know we're all sort of you know dreary trying to keep our spirits upright we're we got a positive attitude we're moving in the right direction there's some stuff to look forward to uh, Sunday School Confirmation meets remotely this afternoon at four. That wraps up May 9th. So we have a couple more weeks of that. This is the last day for Lutheran World Relief donations. Um, I'll leave a box out by the drop box in the Memorial Garden. If you have any last minute additions to that, you can drop those off today. Some new things. If you got the email this week, you saw the ELCA has a new grant program, uh, grants up to $2,500 to help Churches reach out to new people as we sort of resume uh, in-person gatherings. If you have any ideas, please get those to me or someone on council. They're selected at random, so don't be worried that your idea isn't good enough. Uh, someone's in the chat. Is this something? Sorry. Prayers for Andy's graduation Saturday, May 1st. Prayers up for Andy this uh, on May 1st. Thank you for that, Janice. Uh, in May, we're going to start doing some very informal outdoor fellowship on Tuesday evenings. Uh, we'll do that over at the park by Temple Beth Rashon, so we can come and sort of chat. You can play some socially distanced lawn games. Um, we're hopeful that sort of between Sundays and Tuesdays, not everything will get rained out in the course of a week. Uh, it's good to have options. And then the last thing is New Jersey Senate Assembly is in two weeks. Uh, May 1st is the last day. If you want to register as a voting member, it's four hours of Zoom on a Friday night and eight hours of Zoom on a Saturday. Uh, so please just be aware of that. I went through the reports this week. Uh, Jerry Loro is listed a few times for his work with uh, Excellence in Ministry Unleashed. If you're on the call, Jerry, could you just explain briefly what uh, EMU is? It's a pastoral education program, Pastor. Um... What we try to do, uh, this is a, a, a grant from the Lilly Foundation, um, uh, specifically for the purpose of helping pastors uh, feel more secure in their financial future. Um, as pastor, you may agree, a lot of pastors don't have their MBAs. Uh, so uh, they tend to, in times to be a little weak in the financial area, and we're trying to close that gap. All right. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, it's, I think it's important to recognize people who do stuff in the Synod. So thank you to Jerry for that. Uh, Advent, the virtual hymn we did for Transfiguration, I believe that's gonna be used during worship uh, for one of the sessions. And then we're highlighted as a sort of congregation with good parish communications. Uh, so for whatever that's worth. The last thing I wanted to do just super, super briefly, I've been spending the past few days working with a love fund client with uh, Pat Kangian, who works at St. Elizabeth's. And so I thought, I can't get into specifics for obvious reasons, but I wanted to just update you on how that's going. For those of you who don't know, I know we have some newer folks here. The Love Fund is a local charity. It's sponsored by the Clergy Association. 
It's been around for 21 or 22 years now. Uh, and I've been the president for the past year and change. Um, so far through quarter one, we've had four families receive assistance. Uh, we've disbursed $12,050 in assistance, mostly toward rent and food. Uh, and I, as I mentioned, I can't get into specifics, but it is very much appreciated. And for people who've really borne the brunt of COVID, uh, it's made a big impact. That is all I have in the way of announcements. I invite you to receive the blessing. God of our salvation, you have restored us to life. You have brought us back again into your love by the triumphant death and resurrection of Christ. Continue to heal us as we go to live and work in the power of your spirit to the praise and glory of your name. And may almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Amen. Go in peace, love enough to care. Thanks be to God. Jason. Thank you, Jason. Yep. And Fred. <laughs> yep. Thank you.